0: hi, everyone, and welcome back to Alzheimer Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I hope you enjoyed our opening music. It's called Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band, which you can download on any of your favorite music platforms. For those of you that are new to us, Alzheimer Speaks is about sound information, not just sound bites. We want to have real conversations with real people in the trenches, and boy, are we going to do that today when we talk about the film Where's Nancy? Our goal here is to raise all voices, big and small, all around the world. So, if you are a person diagnosed, if you are a family member who cares for someone, if you are a professional in the industry, in healthcare or support services, maybe you've written a book, you have a YouTube channel, a blog, a podcast. Um, It is endless. Um, Maybe you're just really strong at advocacy and raising funds. Maybe you have clinical trials and are a researcher. Please reach out to me. I would love to talk to you. Uh, Again, you can just reach out to me at radio at dot Now, before I introduce our guest today, I want to um, just give a couple of shout outs. One, I want to talk about a new book that I just launched. It's called Betty the Bald Chicken Lessons in How to Care. And it's a story I've told for years, speaking, doing keynotes and training sessions. And it really isn't just dementia specific. It's for anybody who has ever felt like they didn't fit in at one time or another. It's a great children's book. It has questions in the back, which um, just open up a comfortable conversation to feelings and situations that a lot of times kids don't share with us. And a lot of times adults don't either. So please check out Betty the Bald Chicken. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. You can go to Kirkhouse Publishing, or you can go to alzheimerspeaks.com to our book tab. If you want an autographed copy, I'd love to, um, I'd love to accommodate you there. Also on alzheimerspeaks.com, we have one section that is all free resources, and there's a multitude of them. So Uh, feel free to check those out and pass those along. Okay, it is time to introduce you to our guest today, and I am thrilled to have this trio with us. Drew Miller has spearheaded numerous film and television projects, including the award-winning film Chocolate, which is about early-onset Alzheimer's, and also Duke, which is about severe autism. She has a film, uh, Life on a Leash, and Second Time Around, for which she served as executive uh, producer, creator, and writer, and she is the head of D. Allen Miller Productions. We also have with us Tiago Dalt, and he is an award-winning writer, editor, director from Brazil, and he has won numerous awards for his film. Chocolate that he worked with Drew with. And uh, he was also involved in the film Duke, uh, which was about severe autism. And Duke was actually officially selected at the emerging filmmaker showcase at Cannes 19 in Cleveland, stage 32 contest. We also have with us Kirk Moody, who is a retired engineer and was a full-time caregiver for his wife, Nancy Pollockus, who suffered from early onset Alzheimer's disease. Kurt actually spent 26 months looking for Nancy after she wandered from a family outing at an art museum. Well, I'm so excited to have this conversation with all of you today. I've really been um, looking forward to this. I think this is such a important topic on many levels from the utilization of film to to get to people for awareness and education. And a lot of people don't want to talk about dementia, you know, and so going through a film base is so different because they don't really know what they're in for. But I haven't seen a film about dementia that hasn't been powerful and hasn't gotten people talking. So first, uh, Kirk, I want to say to you, thank you for sharing your story about where's where's nancy and uh and to tiago and Giroux again you, the filmmakers of this um just a beautiful um heartfelt heart-wrenching story on a lot of levels and but people have to understand what could happen you know and then how do you how do you step around that how do you try to avoid that how do you protect your loved one the best you can and if we don't share stories we can't help other people. And I think that that is a critical, critical moment. So what I want to do first is to have everybody start out by sharing how they've been touched by dementia, if they've been touched by dementia in their own family or circle of friends. And Drew, I'm going to go to you first, if you don't mind.
1: Okay, thank you, Lori. Um, So yeah, I think all of us either know someone or related to someone or have someone in our social circle that has been affected with Alzheimer's, um, both early onset. And then later on, I have been affiliated with it because I was an occupational therapist in my last life. And I actually worked in a memory care unit. So that was one of my first experiences when I was in my twenties. I did have an uncle that passed away from Alzheimer's in his early eighties. And, you know, he wandered and he got lost and drove from LA to San Diego and walked into a McDonald's and said, I don't know where I am. I don't know who I am, but I found here's my wallet. Can you help me? And so the young man behind the counter at McDonald's actually found him and were able to ca- call my aunt and he was rescued. So that was my personal experience with Alzheimer's Um but yeah and so doing this film with tiago and thank you kirk also um it was you know just a i don't want to say a wonderful experience but it was so nice to tell the story of mm. how horrible this disease is and whether you're 50 or 80 it's just a devastation to the family and to the friends.
2: You know, as much as there is no medication, you have solutions for something like what happened to Nancy to not happen to anybody else. So I think thank you, Kirk, for letting us to tell this story and so people can watch and like. Oh yeah, we have to get a bracelet. We have to, you know, make sure that person's safe. But my my, my experience, I never, I don't know anybody. We Alzheimer never. Being related to anybody so for me it was was the first experience and I learned so much as we made it yeah
0: yeah it's kind of ironic true that you had that experience of someone wandering off and you were lucky enough that they had the wherewithal to ask for help because that of course does not always happen exactly. and stuff and for for others like you Tiago who have never been touched by it um, I've talked with other uh, film filmmakers that say oh my gosh I had no idea you know and, and again the education of the process there. Kirk do you want to tell us a little bit about your your story and Nancy's story just kind of set us up a little bit?
3: Sure so uh, my wife Nancy Polykus, um had early onset Alzheimer's and it was getting rather advanced and uh, the the story goes that we My family was out visiting my mother, my sister, her wife, and we met um, a cousin at the Los Angeles County Museum of Art who had some art there and we toured the museum and we're at the end of our day we're about to go and I checked with Nancy to see if she'd want to go to the restroom again and she did so I dropped off at the restroom and immediately discovered that the men's room is not right next to the women's room so men's room was downstairs so I went downstairs as quickly as I could and um usually I was you know could get finished about the same time Nancy would and then she'd be out waiting for me outside the restroom and uh, this time she wasn't waiting so I waited for her a little bit and she didn't come out and so I kind of went through a couple of the galleries just to see if she went into there and didn't see her and then went and got my sister and asked her to go to the restroom and look for her and we just kind of continued to look and look and look and um after a little while, you know, one of the um, security people noticed what you know that we're seem to be looking around, not really looking at art, and asked what was going on, and and they got on it right away, and um, everybody, all the security people were looking for her and everything, and we did that for a while, and we, and I finally came to the conclusion: which, I don't think she's at the museum anymore. We would have, we would have seen her, and so we called the police, and they came out very quickly, and they started doing a search. Um, this is in very, very, very dense area it's it's lots of single family homes and apartment complexes and stuff but it's just remarkably dense part of Los Angeles um and we couldn't you know we didn't we didn't locate her and the police kept looking for and then the next day I got a whole bunch of friends going and over the next week or so even more and more and more people started looking for and I think it really I think it hit the hundreds at some point and uh we we didn't find her we we looked and in fact I um And in one form or another, I was looking for the next 26 months.
0: You know, my mom lived with dementia for 30 years, but she was not a wanderer. We were really, really lucky about that. But you don't know someone is going to wander until they wander. I mean, it's just average. Yeah, I I guess the
3: the statistics bear that out. Like 60% of the people with Alzheimer's will eventually wander. And Mm And I think some people that our caregiving for somebody don't necessarily they'll they'll think well they'll never wander and and I kind of would think that about Nancy she wasn't going to wander away from me mm-hmm. but she might get lost right or she might get confused if we're not in a familiar place you know she wasn't going to go out the front door necessarily but she, she certainly might go looking for me or something like that mm-hmm. and I, mean, I I obviously don't know but my guess is that she thought that I had left so she w- she left that museum as quickly as she could thinking that it was time to go and she went looking for me
0: yeah. It's, uh, you know, when you said about going to the restroom, that is a a huge issue. And I hear that from people a lot. Uh, I haven't heard so much in a museum, but in like airports where there's two exits or two entrances and, you know, the spouse is standing outside the entrance they went in, but they go out the other side and, you know, nobody's there for them and then they get lost. And yeah, it's, it's absolutely frightening. I, I've, um, misplaced my mother a couple of times at large events. And, and all of a sudden I'll see, she set. she is, uh, I, I was lucky. She ended up sitting down. We were at a play with some other family. and They just kind of <laughs> took her in and started talking with her. But we were like the panic. I just can't imagine the panic um, that you're going through. And um, 26 months is a, is a long, long time. So thank you so much for, for sharing that. I want to go back up to our filmmakers here, uh, Drew and Tiago. And I want to talk about a short film uh, that you did called Chocolate and how that kind of ties into the documentary on Where's Nancy? I'll start. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: um, actually, Tiago came to me with this idea. He wanted to portray the Alzheimer's. Early onset Alzheimer's population, along with the homeless community. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was obviously, a social impact film, which we um, have a passion for. And but it was
2: not based in anybody's story. It was, it was not
1: based. Was... It was totally fictional. Totally fictional. Totally fictional. And he told me about it, and we fine tuned it, and um, we and we filmed it. And I loved the idea of um Tiago's idea of of this film chocolate and um it just so happened that the girl that starred in it her name is Piercy Dalton she is the one that actually connected us with Kirk I believe she was at a gym
2: so yeah what what, what happened is right after we, we finished film in October October no sorry we finished filming in July uh, 2016. We had the film done two months later, it. we showed the people we were about to have a premiere it was in a, LA. It
1: was in the camp.
2: It was in the camp. <laughs> and then October 16, I believe, right, Kirk? 15. 15, yeah. 15 was when Nancy went missing and they had uh, flyers all over the city. So the actress in chocolate saw the flyer And she texts me and say, hey, look, this is happening, just like in the movie that we just did. So she volunteered herself and she went to a couple uh, family gathering at the LACMA. And she asked me about what about invite the family for the premiere of the movie. And in my mind, in your mind, actually was like, well... How do you ask a family that is going through a process like this? And
1: it was so recent.
2: It was so recent. But anyways, she got in talk with, with Kirk and she invited them. And for a surprise, they all came to the screening. And Kirk spoke. And at the end of the movie, Kirk spoke. And I think he can talk more about his experience. But um, it, was, it was such a interesting connection. And that we, Making a, a yeah. story that was a fiction story. And so close, like, we just finished and Nancy went missing. I mean, if if she was in a different city, this would never happen, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we'd never know who she was.
1: The storylines were very parallel. Yeah. And we got endorsed, I believe, through By the, the, Greater Los Angeles. Greater Los
2: Angeles, Alzheimer's. yeah.
1: So when we yeah, did... So
3: at, at, yeah, Greater Alzheimer's Los Angeles Los was, Angeles was there at the premiere, and right. I was willing to do that, actually happy to do it, because Very frankly, I was looking for anything that I could do to publicize Nancy Still being missing, because you know it's hard to keep it in the news and hard to keep it in front of people's faces. So this looked like an opportunity. Knowing nothing about the movie other than what the subject matter was, and I went to the premiere, and it turns out it's a phenomenal movie. It's just it's it's um, they they did such a tremendous job. It's just it's it's I recommend everybody to go see this movie, Chocolate. It's it's fantastic. So So thank you. (laughs)
0: So we should give a plug for that. How do they see that film?
2: The film is available on YouTube right now for free. People can watch. But if you go in the website, DLN Miller Productions is a link right there. Mm -hmm. So it's easier for people to watch and watch on TV, guys. Don't watch on your cell phones. (laughs) (laughs) Have an experience, a real experience.
1: Yeah, we'd love for you to go to our website. That would
0: be great. That had to be hard to watch for you. Going through that and then seeing you know this experience on the big screen, how did I would have been just a a ball of tears.
2: Well,
3: it wasn't it wasn't easy. And um, uh, Drew mentioned the star, Piercy Dalton, and she had two or three things that she did so well in the movie. It was really really tough to watch. So there's a a particular scene where she sort of has a vacant look when somebody's kind of screaming at her. She just sort of has a a vacant look like why is this person screaming at me and it, and it was you know it it looked like you know my wife looked like nancy she i got that look before mm-hmm. you know she went missing of course and um i knew what that was like and it's just it's a it's a horrible for those of us that have experienced uh, caregiving for somebody with alzheimer's you know that and you, and you know that the person that you once knew is is no longer really there at the moment they're they're somewhere else they're they're not really there, and that's that's pretty tough to take so yeah it was it was <laughs> no question it was pretty hard to watch that movie, but it was it was well done
0: well, and I think what drives so many of us too is just the passion to try to help others not go through what we've experienced Yeah, and putting that first. um, I know that's how I got into this space. I, I didn't sign up and go, you know, this is a dream of mine at all. I didn't really know anything about it. And then you kind of just get doused in it. And uh, you know, for me, I just found that more needed to be done in different fashions. And so I thought I would try to make a difference. And you guys have definitely made a, made a difference with this film I think what we're going to do right now is watch the trailer and then we'll come back and talk about that.
3: She went missing after being separated from her family during a visit here to LACMA back on October 15th. Her family found surveillance video that shows Nancy leaving the museum, walking west on Wilshire Boulevard before she wasn't seen again see how big this city is, and you see how many different places she can be, and it's just crushing. You just can't imagine how you're going to find her.
0: Ten people in Los Angeles are missing every day. Eight or nine of them reappear within
3: 48 hours, but the others are not to be found. It's possible that somebody is hiding her or a facility has her fraudulently and they don't want to give that information on 2030, like a half a percent of the entire world population will have Alzheimer's disease. The United States, right now, it's, it's getting close to 6 million individuals and that increases every year. Wickedly smart. Trained as an engineer. She was a private pilot.
0: Now, she's got the mentality of a five-year-old, and she's got medical needs. I was going home, and I seen her, right in the corner of my house.
3: Is this a routine pattern of fraud that we see throughout the state of California, and indeed, the country? There's no glory in this. There's greed and tragedy, and we're just trying to finance it. Please pass these recommendations, and please continue to look for my wife, who So she's out there. Where is she? yeah, so where is she? we don't it's still a puzzle. we have no idea
0: Well, this is a fantastic um trailer to watch. It sure has my interest perked, even though i've got I know a little bit about the story you, you never know it all and what transpires so um, Kirk, I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, how did you feel about the trailer? Did you feel like it summed things up nicely and intrigued people to learn more?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, It's a, I think it's a pretty good little teaser. And, there's, no, you know, it's. A, I'm not an expert on anything to do with Hollywood or trailers or anything like that. But it certainly seems to uh, get people's attention.
0: hmm uh we're going to talk a little bit about the filmmaking process so how do you pull a film like this together how do you pull the storyline out of out of kirk and and find the pieces to to weave it
2: so let me start what what happened is after we had that meeting and, and matt kirk and his family every time the movie just start having going to film festivals so every time we show chocolate, we would talk about Nancy and, you know, giving flyers and hopefully help. Um, and we were in touch a lot, right, Kirk? And so he would keep me posted about things. But after a year that he was uh, looking for Nancy and I saw that he was not getting that much attention that he did in the beginning and because, you know, become old news. In, and so, I, me, Drew and I, we got together, like, we have this unbelievable story in your hands, somebody so close to us, um, and very similar story to what we did. I, I'm, I don't consider myself a, a documentary filmmaker, but it was a necessity to tell the story, and we decided, well, if you could allow us, we... We definitely want to make film the story, at least the search and what's going on, because it was so many options and he had no idea and like it was so many things going on about where she could be, how she you know. So then I, I don't know if I call I call you, Kirk, or how do we talk? No,
1: we met with Kirk. Do we? Yeah. <laughs>
2: And and that's how we decided. But again, we didn't know how to tell the story. That's for sure. So it it was a it was a year filming and getting interviews and getting pictures and all those moments that you can see in the movie. Yeah. And
1: there were certain scenes where obviously we couldn't. We had to reenact them <laughs> because there were certain scenes that we really wanted to display and show in the film.
2: Yeah, we want to. Like when give she an, actually I, went
1: missing, I <laughs> experience
2: of what happened because yeah. we didn't want just the movie to be a talking, right. talking. You know, we wanted to. We want to. Mm-hmm. I, I believe filmmaking. It's it, it it's it's an act of making people feel how it was that situation right mm-hmm. so I think putting when people put themselves in Nancy's shoes is exactly. when they can really feel what happened to somebody in that situation and and if they feel touched maybe they help and right. you know something changed so that was our idea uh, to portray a fake Nancy in the movie and
1: just in the beginning you yeah
2: know. And thank Kirk for allowing me to do that.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I wasn't happy with the decision at the beginning, but it worked out okay. <laughs> right,
1: <laughs> I know. Yeah, and the police department was um, very congenial and very helpful. True. And everybody, everybody, everybody because
2: yeah. even Kirk actually, he has been through the process for for a year, so he really helped me open the doors and and you know talk with these people and being around, and so it was it was. It was a heart gray experience right. for, for us.
0: I will mention now, I'll just give a plug. I don't know if you've heard of the sunflower lanyards, but, a, but the um, airports are starting to use them. Some of the museums are starting to use them. And it's just a lanyard for anyone with a an invisible disability. And so they can be recognized with contact information on the back. and um, And, you know, there's... There's more things popping up all the time, but you know when you're when you're the one going through it, it doesn't seem like there's anything out there any at all, and you want it orchestrated so that people know how to find these things or or even you know like you said with the film, bringing awareness that these things can happen. you don't think much about going to the bathroom, you go, you come out, everything's always been okay I've done that a million times in my life, and then all of a sudden you're in crisis i mean. Who who would have thought? We don't think about all those little angles. So, um, Kurt, how did your family feel about making the film? Did you get any pushback? I know sometimes families aren't always on the same page with things like that.
3: Well, the key players were Nancy's parents, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I discussed it with them before we gave them the okay. Mm -hmm. And I think Drew, I don't know you. You apparently you remember this much better than I do. I, I I my guess is I waited. I spent a couple of days thinking about it whether or not. We're going to go through with this, and I did. I checked with George uh, and Joan, my in-laws, and um, I guess I don't remember um, checking with my family in Colorado, but they were all open to being interviewed by Tiago and getting information. That was not a problem. So, um, yeah, they were they were okay with it too. Again, I I I I, I can't belabor the point enough, but you know. We're, again, this the search had sort of died out, right? People's awareness that Nancy was missing had died out. We're, we're looking for any way to get that back into the people's awareness. And and at this point, after, as, as Tiago said, after about a year, you know, letting other people know about this, uh, situ- not just Nancy, but their situation and how they could help, that'd mm-hmm. be great. So Nancy, you were talking about the lanyard. Nancy was probably wearing a medic alert bracelet,
0: mm-hmm.
3: Um And, but I don't think that anybody ran into her to notice that bracelet, right? I don't think, you know, she, she didn't have an emergency situation where she went to a hospital or anything like that, where that would have been helpful. Yeah. So having the, you know, a technology thing that you can track somebody down, I think is also very, very beneficial in some cases.
0: Well, and it's interesting because I think sometimes people think, well, they didn't look lost, you know, so nobody approaches, nobody steps in. Yeah.
3: Yeah, we have we actually got some. You can see in the movie we have a little bit of film of Nancy walking down the street, caught by you know some security cameras, and mm-hmm. she doesn't look the least bit lost. She's just moving right along. Yeah, And I, I mean, looking lost in Los Angeles is certainly not. Um, people, you don't know, get a lot of pause out of people for that. I mean, that's. I, I mean, I don't really want that to be funny, but it's very true. You have an awful lot of people out there, and they don't all look like they're compost mentos at all times. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I know we had a a gentleman who he had given up his driving for six years, just automatically told his wife he didn't, you know, he didn't want to drive anymore. He didn't think it was safe. And she didn't think anything about hiding the keys to the car because he was always fine. And she said one morning out of the blue, he got up like at four and was all dressed. And she's like, where are you going? And well, he was going to go get the home health aid. And she's like, well, no, she comes to us, got him back to bed. And she was exhausted. She wasn't sleeping well because he wasn't sleeping well. And he got up again and he grabbed the keys to the car and he was gone for hours and he looked okay. He ran out of gas and the construction workers gave him some gas you know, on the road and he kept going. He ended up getting on the freeway the wrong way and the police turned him around and sent him home. And I mean, it was just one thing after another because it. It looks like a nice person, you know, they don't seem to, you know, right. and so there's got, there's, we have to put in different, different ways to be able to, to find people. It's kind of like with dementia well you look okay, you know, exactly. uh, nothing's wrong, but when you have those short interactions, that's exactly what it can be like. Now, one of the things I know, when we were talking offline, you had talked to me about LA found. Can you can you tell our audience what that's about?
3: Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so while we were looking for Nancy, actually, in there, pretty early on, um, our county supervisor found out about this and came to, over to my house with my in-laws here and talked to us to see if there's something she could do to help. And mm-hmm. one of the stories that came out there is that I had been calling, you know, virtually every county office. And I didn't even know how the county was organized, right? I still don't know how the county is organized. My God, it's a huge county, 10, 10 million people in the L.A. County. But it's, you know, Department of Mental Health, Department of um, Adult Protective Services, the um, the police, the sheriff's department, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so I was calling all these different groups within the county, and she heard that, and she heard other frustrations i had in looking for nancy and the cooperation i got from various people or lack of cooperation in certain cases and she got frustrated by that too and she said well we ought to be able to do a better job and accounting the size of los angeles and the resources to when somebody like this goes missing somebody it's called a critical missing person if you you know if you're um unable to really care for yourself we ought to be able to handle that better and so she put together a task force and that included county employees, included people in the community that are associated with this, like um, Alzheimer's Los Angeles and Alzheimer's Association and um, some autism groups. And it, and they invited uh, myself and my in-laws to join that and give our real-world experience, which was which was pretty valuable because people said, well, our process is blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, it turns out that may be a process, but that's not exactly what I encountered. That's not what I saw. They were sometimes quite surprised by that. But from that, they, they came up with a, 17 recommendations to give to the county and that was approved by the Board of Supervisors and they created this this agency called LA Found. and um, LA. found looks at both it all the way through it, the prevention, preventing people from wandering, what happens if they do wander, and then how to how to find them if, if that happens. and um, And one of the cornerstones of the program is, is Project Lifesaver. Lori, you mentioned offline that you are familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I won't bore the audience, but it's basically a, a wristband, or or you can put it in other places too. But a wristband you can wear, and if you if you wander, um, the sheriff's department can track you down pretty quickly using some tracking equipment. Um, and it's not based on cell or GPS information, which is handy in certain cases and, and kind of a pain in other cases. But it's a it's a technology that's been around for quite some time, and it's it's very effective if people are wearing the watches. In fact. No one has, no one that's been wearing one of those that we've given out in LA found. We've given out a thousand of. No one that's wandered with those has not been found. So this this is a pretty good, pretty good story. And hats off to Supervisor Han for pushing this through and and sticking with it.
0: Well, that is wonderful. I'm going to have to reach out to LA Found. I would love to have them on the show to talk about what they're doing because I think this is something that needs to be duplicated in other cities and, and counties as well. I know there are things like the um, care, caregiver alert system too, where people can subscribe and kind of describe their person, what they look like, that you know, what color are their eyes, how much do they weigh, what's the, what's their height, um, if they would happen to drive a car, they can have a picture of that in the license plate, all that stuff that you just get scattered with at the last minute, you know, when right. when someone's asking, um, you can have that set and ready to go, and they they'll shoot that out to um, just a a mob of people so that you've got feet on the ground looking for this person as well. And it can translate languages. So it's really cool if you're traveling and things. Um, There are cards. And I don't know if you were ever familiar with those that say, um, "I'm, I'm living with dementia, please be patient with me. And then I know our dementia friendly group in Roseville added contact information. Here's my care partner, here's their contact information. And, and also for the care partner to have that card on them saying I'm responsible for somebody with dementia. So if I get hit by a bus, or if I have a heart attack or a stroke, you know, call my sister to make sure that they pick up our person. And um, all of those, those little things make such a huge, huge difference. In this process and being exactly. able to, to get it communicated now when when nancy went missing did they do kind of a, a press release and push that out for everybody then
3: oh yeah um oh yeah there was a, he, the effort looking for nancy was huge and we um we had a missing persons alert we had a silver alert out we um um i got it covered by the los angeles times more than once i got it covered by lots of local i, I say i our group my team mm-hmm. and the police etc I'm, I'm sorry that was very rude of me to say I. Uh, we, we we were able to get it uh publicized pretty pretty broadly yeah oh, and there were follow-up stories as well to it when you know later on when something else would happen
0: well that's that's wonderful i know i had a friend uh who was, had somebody go missing and they couldn't get a press release out and they waited and waited and waited. Well, they're an adult. And it's just like, no, they have a disability. This needs to be handled differently. And, and when I found out, I'm like, I'm picking you up and we're driving up there and we're not leaving until either they do it or we're going to the press <laughs> and we'll control the scenario here. Cause it's, it isn't always that way, um, depending on cities, cause this isn't something that happens all the time. So you know, it, it gets complicated, but you, you need to, I think, anytime you're dealing with um, caring for a loved one with dementia, I mean, you have to be a power advocate. And I'm, I'm glad that it went, it went well, as far as the communication process, you know, for you, uh, you know, with that. Um, but again, like you mentioned earlier, you have to kind of keep bringing it up, and finding another angle to keep it in the news because there's so much going on.
3: Yeah, an anecdote about that, by the way, is we actually took out ads in the Los Angeles Times that took up one of them took up an entire page, another one took up a quarter of a page. An anecdote about that is um, we had a we had a full page ad and then we followed up by some quarter page ads in the Los Angeles Times and we put them in the Los Angeles Times. I mean, this is a big news, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And we put them in various sections of the paper. And a few weeks after we ran those ads, um, George, my father-in-law was talking to a friend of his who reads the paper every single day. And um, <laughs> the name Pollicus is unusual, right? And and George, happened to mention, you know, that Nancy was missing and his friend said, really? And George said, you know, didn't you see the paper? It was in the paper. And No, no, I didn't see it. I mean, we had articles in the paper, we had a you know a picture of Nancy, we had her name in the paper. It's it's just what you what people notice. So even, mm-hmm. even with all this publicity and everything, you know, she could have walked right by somebody and they never would have had a clue. This that's just it's this very frustrating, but a very real thing and a very kind of a cautionary tale that you think people know about it and they and they simply don't. My oh, mother saw yes. yeah,
1: she would always call me and tell me. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and people, you know, they, they say they read the paper, but most people don't read it front to back. Same with the news. They pop on for certain sections that they want to hear. And, uh, you know, there's Ab- things. Absolutely.
3: They- and I I mean, I'm an expert at, at ignoring ads completely. It looks like an ad. I don't, it doesn't get my attention at all.
0: Thank you for sharing that. Because I think that's important for people to know as well. And and just, you know, the cost of placing those types of things too. Not every family has has the money to do that. Um, if, if you're charged, um, I would imagine, you know, after the first story, you probably are, <laughs> but, but I could be wrong. I think every, every paper and, and media outlets going to be a little bit different on that, um, too.
3: Yeah. So the LA times gave us a little break on the first few ads and then charges and, and you, and you bring up a good point. I'm, I was very, I'm very fortunate to have the resources both in time and, and financially to, to do the search for as long as I did.
1: Mm-hmm. You had a reward, also, didn't you, Kirk? If I
3: remember. Oh yeah, Kirk? we we kept on upping. The police kept on trying to keep us to keep the award down because they thought the bigger the award, the more crazy is coming out of the woodwork and stuff. And um, mm-hmm. we kept upping it, trying. And it, at one point, we we're upping it just again. We can get back in the press. Family increases reward, right? And mm-hmm. I think only really like one or two people called because of the reward. Well, I'm going to go look for it because of the reward. And, and I was like, mm-hmm. great you go for it right but i i do think that that's probably not all that useful but i i don't have any idea
0: yeah interesting i want to go back to the trailer and i want to ask about challenges you know with making the movie and if there was a if there was a favorite part for you and, and Drew, if you want to go first
1: well i mean whenever you're making a film you're always going to have challenges mm-hmm. um like one in particular, when we were trying to recreate um, a scene when Nancy walked out of the museum, we were you know, going on different um, location researches mm-hmm. and trying to figure out where we could do it. And people were charging an arm and a leg and our budget was not huge. And so finally, I said to Tiago, why don't we ask greater Los Angeles Alzheimer's? Mm-hmm. And he was like light bulb went off. That's a great idea.
2: Right. And they, they help us, yeah. Yeah. They they allow us to film like Nancy's coming out their place, like she's coming out from, from the museum. So that was pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then like um we wanted to display the search, mm-hmm. and part of it was the
2: helicopter. And so <laughs> we found one helicopter that was actually. Uh, um,
1: like a canned red <laughs> yeah
2: and it didn't work <laughs> and but then we finally find a, a, a good footage from the lapd doing search but and,
1: but everything is very exp- expensive but they will charge you just to use that you right. know three to well, five seconds of footage
3: they wanted so, to use some news footage right this is yes. oh, yeah yeah the domain you, can, you yes. can go on the web and get this stuff right you can go look it up right now but the If you call CBS, they won't return your phone call. And when they finally did say, oh, yeah, you know, for $50,000, you can run that five second thing we did about Nancy. You're like, $50,000? That's the whole budget? (laughs) (laughs) I'm speaking for you. Sorry. No, Yeah,
2: but but thank you to you, Kirk, and your connections. We were able to get some of the footage and pictures because of you. But for me personally, the experience of being around the family, Kirk and meeting everybody, it was it was amazing experience for me doing that. It was hard moments when I was following them and knocking on doors or going to hospitals, and looking for Nancy, that was really hard. Um, but they, they're very good, kept me uh, remi- remind reminding me what this was about, it was about helping people and hopefully financing, right? That was the idea. We hopefully would have financing by the end of the film. That, that was what we expected. And, but then everything changed um, So people have to watch to see what happened. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a lot of bureaucracy in LA. I know Kirk experienced it firsthand with different departments that we did show in the film about, so I'll let people watch it to see, but um, you know, the forest service and the fire department and they left hand doesn't always know what the right hand is doing and things like that. Not in a negative, negative way, but in an unfortunate way.
0: In a realistic, this is our life. And this is when you have these big bureaucratic systems and they are, they are subdivided. There isn't always that overlap. And you know, when you're at the core of it, you really need that support to come in from all directions
3: working together. Right. It's nobody's job to find a missing person. I mean, it's the police will help you with that, but that's not really their main focus. They do have missing persons department and they are they keep their eyes open, but they're not it's it's really kind of nobody's job. It's not the hospital's job to identify people and things like that. It's just not their job and, and they're not equipped for it really.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Kirk, for you in the film, was there um, was there anything that was kind of your favorite in terms of in terms of this piece, something that just makes you smile? And I know that that that's a
3: unique question, Lori. I (laughs)
0: I know, but I also think of the film as a legacy piece in some fashions, too, but maybe you don't see it in that fashion.
3: Um, I thought you were going to ask what was going to what was hard about the film. and I was going to joke about making coffee. Um,
0: <laughs> That's my second question. To
3: <laughs> uh, my favorite favorite part. Uh, let's see in the in the finished product of the film, without you know giving away anything, I'm so impressed at how Tiago tied in different experts in different. Areas that we had to go explore. So they mentioned the homelessness in the chocolate film. Well, you know, one of the possibilities early on in the search was that she ended up in a homeless situation, you know, Mm -hmm. homeless area, homeless, um, being taken care of by homeless services or something. So, and that's a pretty tough one to go. And then he also, Tiago was able to integrate in some Alzheimer's experts to talk about that and everything. And, And so the overall, he really gave a complete soup to nuts picture of this thing which I just was I thought it was brilliant the way he did that. So in the overall product I think that's the key thing.
0: Wonderful. And for a challenging piece for you?
3: Uh patience. You know um I I'm not an actor and <laughs> that's quite obvious in the film by the way. <laughs> but he Chago had in mind, for example, this uh you know something a, a pic, me walking um away from the museum and he had he had something in his mind and i don't know how many times we filmed that but it seemed like a hundred times until he says oh oh that's that's perfect do it again you know? <laughs> like, well it wasn't perfect i had to do it again <laughs> so, and what did, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what did i just do yeah so um no it's and i i mean i had you know it, it's just uh it's just new to me i, I i'm not familiar with doing something like that. So that was just, uh, it was an interesting process more than just uh, frustrating, but it was, it was interesting.
0: Well, thank you for that. Um, so why don't, we, why don't we tell people how they can watch the film?
3: So
2: the movie is now in three platforms. They can watch at Amazon Prime, uh, Apple TV, and Google Play on U- uh, USA, Canada, and UK. Mm-hmm. So the movie is available in those platforms. If people want to check it out in one link, wh- where to find it, and all those things, they go to com and it's going to be there. And hopefully people watch on the TV. It's, it's a better experience.
1: Yeah, much more impact.
2: Yeah, than in you know, a cell phone impact. or something. Mm-hmm. And and actually, after we finish the film, we really hope you know that people watch the movie and the Project Lifesaver It's something that people wanted to recreate in their cities, and hopefully this uh, situation will help other people to be found and not go through the same process that Kirk had to do.
0: Okay. Kirk, um, people can also reach you on Facebook and Instagram.
3: Uh, Yeah, uh, there's a Facebook page called Nancy is Missing In Fact um i kept that up there because people continue to look at it and when there's somebody goes missing i will i will post that information up there on on that so nancy is missing his page and then kirk moody is i I do have a facebook account sure
0: okay and then um the film itself has a facebook page where's nancy and same on instagram where is and then it looks like underscore nancy for that we might as well go ahead and mention your contact information for the production company as well. Again, that's dellenmillerproduction.com, MillerProduction.com. And then uh, Facebook is dellenmillerproductions. And then on Instagram, you have two, uh, one for Drew, 2110. One, and then one for you, Tago. And I'll go ahead and uh, spell that out T H I A G O. And last name is D A D A L T. And then you also have a D period Ellen Miller Productions on Instagram. So you guys are really active over there on Instagram. Oh, we It's, it's yeah. a
2: lot of things. So.
0: Yeah, it is. There's so many different social medias popping up. It's hard to keep up with them all.
2: That's why like, if people want to know about the movie in particular, it's, mm-hmm. it's good to go to the website and all the information is going to be there. Mm-hmm. So com. Yeah. Okay.
1: okay. I wanted to mm-hmm. add, Lori, I think Chago will agree and I'm sure Kirk as well as there was also a great deal of knowledge to be learned mm-hmm. when we made this film. Like one thing in particular for me, and it's in the film, is that there are scams in these sometimes these group homes or nursing facilities. And they're not, it's not that they're people are getting terrible care, because that's not the point at all. They they're not getting terrible care, but these Jane Doe's or John Doe's that show up with no mm-hmm. identity and they're they're I don't know, making an identity for them. And I don't know how they do it, but then they get money from the government. And Kirk, you might be able to shed some more light on this because you were right there in the facilities, um, as were Nancy's parents. But when I saw that part and read that part, I was just like, wow, now that is creative, you know, and so sad.
3: Yeah, well, there's actually an office for MetaCal fraud, and one of the fraud schemes is that they will. Um, they'll go offer somebody on the street a cup of coffee and a bed for the night and then they'll go in and they will claim that they did a bunch of medical tests and they'll get a doctor to sign that they need to stay in that home so then they'll get Medi-Cal reimbursement for that and in the Jane Doe or John Doe instance um, there's a couple of different scenarios that are a little bit frightening so if you're you could potentially be unidentified in the hospital or be misidentified in the hospital, slightly more common. And then that's just your new identity and they pass you off onto to like a care facility or a nursing home. And that's how you are represented in that in that facility. And then the medical fraud may uncover some of these things because the numbers don't line up in terms of social security and things like that. So. Sometimes it's exposed and sometimes it's, again, it's an innocent mistake, but sometimes it is, it's just, it's just fraud. They're, they're trying to get more money out of Medi-Cal and there's wow. been some lawsuits about that and things like that. I, I guess I, I'm not really an expert on that. There's a Tiago and I met a woman who's making a movie, a documentary about that. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's it's, a, it's that's a frightening aspect of this whole thing as well.
0: Yeah. We don't have a shortage of scammers out in the world that's for, sure. yeah, that's for sure. they do they do get creative. Let's talk about what's next for your production company. Do you, have, do you have anything up that you want to share with us?
1: Yes, in fact, it's on our website. Um we just completed a documentary and um
2: it's called Beyond and it's about single mother of two non-verbal,
1: autistic, autistic
2: cool. young al- adults. Yeah, and always. it's a very powerful film as well. That movie came up during the pandemic. We um, met this amazing woman called Tamara Mark. And because nobody could do much during the pandemic, right? We, we decided to spend the entire year filming whatever was happening in their house, which is so many, many situations there.
1: And the irony of it also is that we did do a short film called Duke, which is based on a true story. And that's kind of how indirectly we got connected to Tamara, Mark, and her story. So it's very...
2: Uh, if, our, it go fluid that you know, way. Yeah. Exactly. And so. interesting, I met actually, the person who introduced me to Tamara, I met because of Kirk. Uh, her name is Azira. And when I met her, first thing she told me that she watched my short film about autism. And she was like, oh, I, I have someone that you should meet. And that's how the movie came about. So it's called Beyond. People can watch the trailer and website. We are now at film festivals. And hopefully it's going to be available soon for people to watch. Yeah.
0: Wonderful. Well, it is it is a small world. And how those connections happen is just amazing. But Especially when you're looking at, you know, these films that are, are such a social impact, you know, those are close knit communities and things spread and people want to get involved and they, they you know, they want to help the situation out. So kudos to you guys uh, in the work thank that you're doing. Well, and, thank you and for having us. us. Well, thank you for for being part of the show. Um, In wrapping up, I just I again, I want to thank you all for sharing your story and the work that you do. I am hoping that our audience will like click and share you know, be a giver of hope. There's always somebody out there that needs this information. And to be honest, most of them don't tell us what they're going through. A lot of people keep this to themselves. So the more information that we can put out there in a in a normal, friendly fashion, um, the easier it's going to be for someone to reach out and grab that help and get the information they need. So, you know, it only takes a few seconds to like click and share. And, you know, maybe just maybe you'll be our next guest. Maybe, maybe this story is going to hit home for you and you're going to find that you've got a story to share as well. So if so, please reach out to me at radio at alzheimerspeaks.com. And again, in the meantime, keep your eyes peeled. There's always somebody out there that needs help and they might not always look like they need help. So Thank you very much for staying with us. And again, really encourage you to watch the film. Where is Nancy along with chocolate and now your new one coming up beyond. So Thank thanks you. everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.
2: Thank you all. Thank you. Thank We're you.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the answers for
0: elders podcast and radio show.